episode 82, Why the Law of Attraction Isn't Working for You. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Henry David Thoreau once wrote that wealth is the ability to fully experience life. Makes you feel warm and fuzzy when you hear it. It looks good when that quote is on a computer screen, but it is not the reality for so many people. You know, I think a lot of us, if we're being honest, we still equate wealth to a number on a bank balance, and that number always seems elusive. It never really feels like it's enough for us to create the lifestyle that we want. This is why so many people stay trapped in a soul-sucking job that they hate because they don't believe that they could ever create income in another way or that if they took a chance on their dreams, all the money would evaporate and they would be left homeless and penniless. I want to give you a couple of examples of this that I've seen come in in coaching applications this year because I really want you to understand today as we dig into this topic of money, which is always a huge trigger for people when I discuss it on the podcast, but wealth has nothing to do with the salary you earn or the number in the bank account. You know, abundance is a mindset. And here's a a couple answers to one of the questions on my coaching application. Now, if you go to creativesoulcoaching.net and you ever decide that you want to work one-on-one with me to create an amplified career and life you love, one of the questions I ask you is, up until now, what are the top three reasons you aren't experiencing the results you want? And you best believe If money is not the number one answer, and I would say 70% of the time it usually is, it is always in the top three. Here's a couple of just quotes that I pulled directly out of my coaching applications. One person shared, I have no means of savings and live paycheck to paycheck, although my husband and I make a combined salary well into the six figures. Somebody else shared, my financial advisor says I have enough to retire right now with enough of a cushion to account for a mistake, but I can't shake the ongoing fear that I could lose everything. Isn't that interesting? People who have enough to retire immediately, people with money in the bank, still are not pursuing their dreams because at the end of the day, it goes down to the same belief that there is not enough. Now, What I would tell you is the two examples that I just gave you represent different attachment styles to money. And if you go back to the podcast I did way back in January of this year with Stephen Lovegrove, where we really did a deep dive into money beliefs, you heard us talk about anxious and avoidant attachment with money. Anxious attachment people would be the person uh, who talked to their financial advisor. They have everything that they could possibly need in the bank. She had an extra quarter of a million dollar cushion, but she could couldn't pull the trigger on leaving her job. She believed that if she invested in herself or more specifically invested in her dream for the business she wanted to create, that that money would abandon her, it would leave her, and she would be left with nothing. 
in her golden years. That's a very common symptom of anxious attachment when it comes to finances. You have a belief that you cannot be supported by money, that it will leave you. A lot of times we treat money when we're in anxious attachment like the parent who never showed up and met our needs. We transfer all those same feelings of frustration and fear and abandonment and shame that we had for either the mom or dad or perhaps both, who didn't love us enough, and we transfer that over to money, and it keeps us paralyzed. That's one of the things I really believe, is you don't have a relationship to money, per se. You just have a relationship, period. And if you really got clear on the stories you tell yourself about money, you would probably notice that this comes up for you in other areas of your life, particularly in relationships. Now, the person who uh, she and her husband were making six figures but living paycheck to paycheck, that is an example of avoidant attachment. And those are the people that seem to spend the money as quickly as it comes in. Now, we do this for a variety of reasons. Sometimes there is an underlying fear that the money will not be there in four months, so I have to spend it on the things that I want right now. Many times there's just feelings of guilt or unworthiness around having the money, particularly if you grew up in a home where money was a struggle, if your parents didn't do well, if you have family members right now who are still in struggle and you don't want to be perceived as being better than them or having them reject you, a lot of times you'll just push the money away. You know, I talked to a client one time who was head of HR for a major broadcasting corporation, I mean, making big bank, and was still struggling financially because she wasn't just supporting her husband and kids. She was also supporting numerous members of the family. She's taking care of mom and dad. She's sending money out here to keep her siblings afloat, which generosity is great, and I believe in giving, but there was nothing left over for her to save for her future. So that becomes problematic when we are in and avoidant attachment with money. Certainly people who are avoidant don't even like opening the bank statements when they come in the mail. They're not sure how much is going out. They're not even sure how much is coming in. The whole thing just gives them anxiety. You know, I talked to a client once who was so unhappy in her career that she was running up her credit cards on superficial purchases, jeans, purses, vacations, cruises, and really put herself into financial debt. And there was so much shame around her avoidance with money that she truly thought her soul-sucking job was just the penance that she had to pay because somehow God was judging her based on her credit score, which is not the case, but it is so indicative of the messaging that we can take on early on uh, about what's possible for us uh, around guilt over owning our worth and earning what we really deserve. So many factors screw this up. And a lot of times when we are in this state of scarcity and we don't believe that there is enough in the bank, what do we do? We go to the one universal law that we've heard about over and over, the law of attraction. Everybody read The Secret back in 2006. And, you know, we all took on, man, if I just think about something, I deserve to have it. And maybe for the past 13, 14 years since that book came out, you sit on the couch, you visualize the dollar amounts on your bank balance. You visualize Publishers Clearinghouse showing up with a big $1 million oversized check and delivering it to you, yet you aren't experiencing it 
in reality. It has not happened yet. Why is that? Well, many people say, well, I'm just not worthy. Nothing works out for me. We tend to get into victim mentality stories about why money is always going to be elusive, and we just end up creating more of that result, you know, in turn. Now, I can tell you over the course of the last four years of my entrepreneurial journey, I have been both anxious attachment and avoidant attachment with my personal finances. When I left my soul-sucking corporate job to launch my coaching business, I did all the things I thought I should do. I had enough money saved in the bank where if I didn't make a penny for nine months, I would still be able to pay all of my bills and get by just fine. And the problem with having that cushion is, is I got very attached. I wanted to start hoarding the money. I was afraid to spend it on anything. I turned down working with business mentors who could help me advance my business because I started saying, oh, I'll just I'll figure it out on my own. I started saying, when I make $10,000 a month in my business, then I'll invest in mentorships, which made no friggin' sense <laughs> at all. How was I going to create $10,000 in a new business when I had never run a new business before? I needed the help of somebody who was further ahead who could help me create that. But I was so hoarding what I had in anxious attachment, I was in what I would call maintenance energy. I was just trying to hang on to what I had. And the problem is when you're living in maintenance energy and you're just you know looking to protect more to move forward, eventually you're always going to end up back in regret. I wasn't making the decisions that would forward my life and my business and my entrepreneurial sense. So that account kept getting lower and lower every month because I was paying bills, but I wasn't bringing much in. You know, back in those days, I might be making $2,000 at most, $2,500, $3,000 a month, which just was not enough to keep me afloat. So I waited until the holy shit point of being down to like my last five, $6,000. And then I went and invested in a mentor thinking, well, I'm just going to put this on a credit card and either my business is going to grow or I'm going to go bankrupt. And sure enough, getting the support and the help quickly moved my business forward. Now, all of a sudden, instead of making $3,000 a month, I'm making $15,000 and $20,000 a month at that point. But that triggered avoidance attachment because I had been living just getting by and having to go without for so long that when the money came in, I was like, well, oh my God, I got to spend this right now because it might not be here in two or three months. So I was very uptight about that. And that caused another set of problems. So one of the things that you really want to do around this idea of money is yes, get a coach, get a mentor who can help you get to the root of your attachment style and why that is in place. What are the reasons that you don't believe abundance or or prosperity will last in your life? Why do you believe that money can't support you and stick around over the long run? That would be a huge breakthrough in and of itself. But the other conversation that we have to have are what are the other spiritual laws you need to know? Because if you are focused solely on the law of attraction, thinking that you're just going to create something by thinking about it and putting your focus there, you're really only understanding about 20 25% of the law around
on money. And that's what I want to tell you today. Money is not some mythical creature. It's not Bigfoot. It's not a unicorn that we hope to find one day. Money is not something that is reserved for the quote unquote 1%. Money doesn't care about who you are, what your background is, whether you're, you know, quote, a good enough person to deserve the money. I mean, if that were the case, this idiot Jeffrey Epstein would not have been a billionaire, you know, so anybody can access this law to generate wealth. Money follows law. And some of you are rolling your eyes going, I don't believe in this, Dan. And you don't have to, but... I'm telling you that the universal laws that I'm going to share with you today are just as true as the law of gravity. I mean, you could tell me, Dan, I do not believe in this law of gravity. I'd be like, all right, well, good luck. Go walk off the top of that skyscraper and see how that works out for you because the law of gravity just is. And so are the other laws that I'm going to share with you today. The first one that we need to talk about is the law of correspondence. Simply put, the law of correspondence states that whatever is happening in your inner world will be reflected in your outer world. You could also call this the law of cause and effect, which we have talked about on the podcast many times before, that for every cause, there is a specific and predictable effect, and for every effect, there is a specific and predictable cause. Now, as it pertains to wealth and finances, you very well, if you are not experiencing the financial results that you want, that you truly desire, it is because there is a subconscious belief not conscious. Nobody would ever choose to struggle with money. But subconsciously, that's a different story. And remember, only 4% of your thoughts, behavior, your actions are aligned with your conscious thinking. Everything else is happening below the level of awareness. That Jim Fortin podcast from a few months ago is such a game changer. We do a deep, deep dive on this topic. And I want to give you a practical example of the law of correspondence in action as it pertains to people's money beliefs. I was on a friend's Facebook page uh, about a week ago, and you might have seen the story that Kylie Jenner, who is, of course, uh, the youngest of the Kardashian girls, uh, ended up in a bit of a conversation. Controversy. She recently bought herself a $3 million Bugatti, which is the most expensive car in the world, and she posed with it on Instagram, and people lost their mind over this. Even a lot of her fans, they were really put off saying, well, you know, why would you spend all your money on this car? If you have money, you should be using it to help people and you're selfish and you're this and that. And on the Facebook thread that I saw on a friend's page, it was just people railing against this girl for being successful in launching a makeup line. And there were people who were literally on the thread saying billionaires shouldn't exist. She doesn't deserve it. She hasn't worked hard enough for it which in and of itself was very much a clue for me about the money beliefs that keep people stuck. If you believe that you have to struggle and climb and scrape in order to earn your fortune in the world, then according to the law of correspondence, then that is the reality you're going to create. You are going to struggle and scratch and claw to get ahead. But it doesn't have to be that way. 
You know, Kylie Jenner has a pretty charmed life. I'm sure she works hard, but she's also doing something she's passionate about. Selling those makeup kits to the world. She has built a brand. Whether you agree with her personal brand or not, whether you think that she is a good role model, she has put herself out there fully, unabashedly, and is literally the world's youngest billionaire. There was another round of comments on the same Facebook thread from people who were complaining, well, she only built that fortune because she came from money, so I don't respect it. People were saying, you know, I didn't come from that background. I'll never have that same opportunity, which again puts a spotlight on some of these people's beliefs that I need to come from money in order to have an opportunity. You can have that belief and you can certainly, according to the law of correspondence, use that to stay stuck, that my financial history, my financial biography will forever be my destiny. But again, it's not the case. In fact, we've never had a higher number of millions millionaires in the United States than we have currently. And what's interesting is two thirds of them are completely self-made. They created the fortune on their own. This is why we like watching shows like Shark Tank to see people who just figured out how to solve a problem and then they monetize it and create financial freedom for themselves. So how do you know if you have a blind spot when it comes to finances. One of the teachers I'm working with right now has a great question that is so simple, but if you really sit and meditate on this, it will probably lead you to the blind spot that you have about money. He says the only question that you need to ask yourself is what am I really expecting when it comes to money in my life? Because you have to remember, none of us, you know, the law of attraction says, oh, we get what we think about. And there's a lot of people who think that we get what we deserve. But you get what you expect in life. That's really what the law of correspondence says. Do you believe that the good times won't last, that you'll make a good amount of money and then you have to wait for the other shoe to drop? Do you expect that when you earn too much money that your family is going to get jealous of you? Or will the family think that you're better than them? I had one of my clients recently, a very successful business owner. You know, this guy is one of the most respected people in his vocation in his entire state. And what we uncovered recently was that there was a belief. He believes if he took his business to the seven-figure level, that he'd almost be dishonoring the memory of his father, who was just like this lunch pail guy that got up every day and hustled and grinded and, and worked himself into the ground in a factory. And for my clients, there was almost feelings of guilt if he created too much wealth. So that is the magic question that I would ask you to consider this week. And I would love if you went to our Life Amplified Power Tribe, our private Facebook group, and let me know what came up for you during that. What are you really expecting when it comes to money in your life? And remembering that we don't attract what it is we want, we attract what we expect. There is a third spiritual law after the law of attraction, after law of correspondence, that is called the law of repulsion. That's right. So in every opportunity, we have the ability to attract what we want, but simultaneously and usually subconsciously, we can repel the things that we think that we want. Now, how does the law of repulsion work? It basically says that a lack, need, or addiction to something repels it out of your life. And if you don't believe that this is possible, 
think of your dating life. Have you ever, you know, gone on one of the online dating apps or you know somebody who has and they found the stage five clinger who is texting them every 10 minutes and it's just like, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. That energy is not sexy. <laughs> that energy typically does not lead to a relationship unless we're talking about some goofy sort of like codependent dynamic that people have going on. But maybe you've noticed in your life that the harder you have tried to be loved, the more love seems to elude you. And the same thing can happen with money when you are so focused on what is missing or what you believe that you need or that you are addicted to, that you have got to have more of it. Really where the energy and the focus are going is on the lack you are focused on what's missing and why you don't have enough. And subconsciously, that law of repulsion just magnifies more lack. You're unknowingly telling the universe, give me some more lack in my life. Let's bring on a little bit more neediness. <laughs> the law of repulsion is the law that is keeping you from getting any of the things that you desire in your life. And remember, you know, it's not that you're 100% in repulsion or 100% in attraction. All these laws can be going simultaneously. So if you are a person, like I explained at the top of the podcast, who is spending money and pushing it out just as quickly as it comes in, you probably are attracting 50% of the time and in the law of repulsion 50% of the time. If you are a person who is spending more money than you have and you're running up credit card bills, that ratio could be 80% repulsion, maybe 100%. So a second question for you to consider this week, do you spend more time focusing on repelling the things that you want subconsciously, or are you focused on creating the things that you truly desire? Because the energy of creation is very different. And I'll give you a practical example of how this would work out. When it comes to investing in yourself, you know, I have many clients who come to me who really want to sign up for coaching services, but they focus on why they can't afford it right now. They will tell me, oh, Dan, you know, I just I, I lack the money. I can't afford to do this. It would be unfair to my family. But when I create more money one day, when I have more in the bank, then I will come back and I will work with you. By the way, 99% of those people, I never hear from them again. And is it because they didn't value the coaching? Not at all. What's really going on is they are expecting something outside of themselves to change before they make a new decision. They are in repulsion when they're focused on what they don't have and why they can't afford it. They're always going to be in that energy of lack. So there is a different response in those situations when there's an opportunity to invest in yourself in your dream. You're allowed to acknowledge right now, I know that money is tight. However, I feel like there is a higher intelligence that's really pulling me to make this decision. I feel like I'm being guided to get help and support around this. So I am committed to finding a way to making this work. And my clients who do that, I've had people borrow money from relatives, to sign up for coaching. I've had people who have sold old things around their house that they don't want. They've used that to make the investment. But what happens is, is they understand the current circumstances of their life, but then they make a decision to move beyond it. That gets you out of that energy of repulsion. You're no longer focused on the lack and you're focused on being generative. 
which really ties into the fourth universal law that I wanted to share with you today, which is the law of circulation. And that law states that all things in the universe are always flowing in circulation at an ever-expanded rate. So what you give to one person, you'll receive from a different source. You don't have to give with the expectation of receiving back from the same person, but you can just know and trust that the money will come back to you multiplied from different sources. Uh, Again, I told you that I've made some changes in my mentorship over the course uh, of the past couple months. I had some great results with my last mentor, but I was ready to make a change. The new coach I signed up with, the most expensive coach I've signed up with. And there was part of me that was like, well, I probably ought to wait. You know, things slowed down a little bit in my business in the summer because people are always traveling. They're not really, you know, focused on getting into coaching programs. I'll wait until the end of the year and then I'll sign up. And I coach myself out of this because I can always spot scarcity mindset now within myself. And I just told myself, I am going to invest this money that I know will move my life forward. And sure enough, within 30 days, I made double of what I spent on the investment because the law of circulation says it is fine for me to give money away to things that move my life forward. It will always return back to me. I believe the act of giving in and of itself is the highest level of abundance because you are truly signaling that you live in an abundant universe. So as you give and you release money, you just tap into the natural energy of the universe. I mean, think about it. What do your lungs do? They expand and they contract. There is a natural ebb and flow to life. When you go into the hospital, God forbid, I hope you never go into the hospital, but you've probably seen one of the EKG machines that measure heart rate. What does that do? There is a natural up and down. It's just peaks and valleys. And that is the rhythm to life. So there are expansions and there are contractions. As you release money, you allow it to come back to you. And what's interesting is a lot of people just cut themselves off from the natural flow of life. How many times have you struggled to accept something good that has been offered to you? Have you ever been at work when a coworker comes in with some Starbucks and they bring you your pumpkin spice latte and then the first thing out of your mouth, even after you say thank you, that was so, con- you don't even get into that. Thank you. It's so considerate. Oh my God, what do I owe you? <laughs> Let me, and then you're digging change out of the bottom of your bag and you're, what was it? $4 and 47 cents. Well, I got $4, 21, 22. Okay. I, I owe you a quarter. <laughs> We are so afraid to even accept the good things when they're offered to us. And I want to stress to you today, when you refuse a gift from anybody, you're not only blocking the flow of abundance in your life, you're also blocking the flow of abundance in the giver's life. Because doesn't it feel good when you can go out and buy Starbucks for your coworker? Or doesn't it feel good when you can just do something nice for somebody? You would have no problem making an offer to somebody to do something nice for them. Why is it so difficult for you to receive? And trust me, if that is showing up with a $4 pumpkin spice latte, then it is absolutely going to show up when it comes to accepting clients for the business that you want to start. You know, you'll start underselling your services because you're afraid to ask. Ask people uh, for your fair market value. Remember, you can't be a giver without being a receiver. As you allow yourself to accept gifts, you know that you are helping yourself and the giver complete the natural cycle 
that exists in the universe. By the way, same thing applies to compliments. You know, how many times have you struggled to even receive a compliment? You know, so often we are not in the energy of being able to receive. And what I see time and time again is those are the same people that have a hard time receiving the financial abundance that they truly want and deserve. So if you are a person who is trapped in that soul-sucking job, maybe you want to start your own business. Maybe you want to invest in yourself to get some additional training or a new skill set that's going to help you pivot into a different corporate career that feels more aligned with you. You have to be willing to let go of what you have so that you can attract even more in the future. So those are the four spiritual laws. Everybody knows about the law of attraction. But we also discussed today the law of correspondence. Whatever is happening in your inner world will be reflected in your outer world. We talked about the law of repulsion, that focusing on a lack or need in your life, whether it comes to money, a romantic partner, opportunity, you're repelling it out of your life without even realizing it. And finally, the law of circulation, right? That there is an ebb and flow. There is a giving and receiving. And as you are comfortable to give away some of what you have. Now, I'm not telling you to do this irresponsibly. I'm not telling you to donate your entire paycheck to charity, but you can start with a small amount. You could start with, you know, 1%, 3% of every penny that comes in when there's an unexpected check that arrives, giving some of that away, maybe more generously tipping the barista or tipping your waiter when you're out to eat. Maybe it's, you know, giving to a charity that you really feel aligned with. And there's many of them that I've used over the course of the past year. That's one of the things that's a foundation of my business is every time you invest in working with me, a portion of your money is going right back out to charities that are doing good in the world. So you want to stay in that energetic flow of giving and allowing yourself to receive. If you would like some additional support around your money mindset so that you can truly get out of scarcity and step into a life of abundance, financially, love, relationships, opportunity, I've created a four-week coaching offer. This is something I've never really done before in terms of four-week coaching packages, at least not since the very beginning of my business back in the day. But I want to help you overcome this subconscious programming, rewire your brain for abundance so that 2020 can be the most prosperous year of your life. The program is called Amplified Abundance. I have only got the opportunity open for a handful of people right now, but what I can promise you is, is that you're going to get in the flow of money and end financial stress for good. Now, here is what we're going to do over the course of our four weeks together. We're going to identify and rewire your specific subconscious blocks that have kept you from generating continual financial abundance. I'm also going to teach you some things we couldn't get to on the podcast this week, you're going to learn the two things you need to bring anything new into your reality. We're going to talk about how you can feel more supported financially by the universe and overcome the fear and doubt around your finances. We're going to do a much deeper dive on these universal laws that nobody is really talking about, by the way, uh, when it comes to your finances. Plus, you know, I I told you this has been such a focus on my life this year, uh, working with coaches and, and creating my own specific money practices that I use 
use on a daily basis that are helping me grow my income, I'm going to teach you the same ones so that you can be in that consistent flow of receiving. It is four calls in four weeks. You're going to break through. We're going to get your mindset changed. And by the way, if you are loving the work and it's something where you decide you'd like to continue coaching with me through next year, uh, your investment in the four-week program will count toward a longer-term coaching package. So it would be my greatest honor to serve you. You can fill out a coaching application at my website by going to creativesoulcoaching.net. If the podcast is serving you this week, if you know somebody with some financial gremlin beliefs that they need to overcome, could you please screenshot the podcast and upload it to social media? Let your friends know about it. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at CSC Dan Mason. Don't forget, you can always leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Well, doesn't have to be five stars. You could just leave an honest review. And for every new rating that we get at Apple Podcast, I make a personal donation that helps feed 165 hungry people through Feeding America. So we are staying in that energy of giving and receiving together as a community. I love you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. It is truly an honor and a privilege to serve you each week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose. So you you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.